Hey, it's Drex from This Week Health Cyber and Risk Community, and I want to invite you to our next webinar. It's going to focus on what else? Defending health data. I'll be chatting with experts from Rubrik and Microsoft. Register right now at thisweekhealth.com slash rubric webinar. That's all one string, R-U-B-R-I-K webinar, thisweekhealth.com slash rubric webinar. See you online soon. Today, chat GPT and why it's even bigger than you think. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week Health, a set of channels dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. We want to thank our show sponsors who are investing in developing the next generation of health leaders, SureTest and Artisite, two great companies. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. Having a child with cancer is one of the most painful and difficult situations a family can face. In 2023, to celebrate five years at This Week Health, we are working to give back. We will be partnering with Alex's Lemonade Stand all year long. We have a goal to raise $50,000 from our community. We are already at 10000 for the year, and we ask you to join us. Hit our website, and in the top banner, you will see a logo for our Lemonade Stand. Click on that and give today. We believe in the generosity of our community, and we thank you in advance. All right, I finally found a good article on ChatGPT. And it's by, it's in a blog article, actually, Josh Burson, B-E-R-S-I-N. The title of it is Understanding Chat GPT and Why It's Even Bigger Than You Think. I'm going to do a lot of reading, actually, today, because it's, it's a pretty good article. I'll throw in my anecdotes as we go along. Uh, here we go. Everyone has an opinion about Chat GPT and AI. Engineers and entrepreneurs see it as a new frontier, a bold new world to invent products, services, and solutions. Social scientists and journalists are worried with the one prominent New York Times author, Ezra Klein, calling it an information warfare machine. What has God wrought? Question mark. Uh, let me just say up front, I see enormous possibilities here. And as with all new technologies, we cannot fully predict the impact quite yet. There will be problems and failures, but the ultimate story is hooray. So he talks about what is ChatGPT? How can it, uh, how can ChatGPT and similar technologies be used? And I think he closes up with uh, where will the market go? So those are the three sections. Let's see. Let's start. What is ChatGPT? To put it quite simply, tech, this technology, and there are others like it, is what is often called a language machine that uses statistics, reinforcement learning, and supervised learning to index words, phrases, and sentences. While it has no real intelligence, it doesn't know what a word means, but it knows how it is used. It can very effectively answer questions, write articles, summarize information, and more. Engines like ChatGPT are trained, programmed, and reinforced to mimic writing styles, avoid certain types of conversations, and learn from your questions. In other words, the more advanced models can refine answers as you ask more questions and then store what is learned for others. While this is not a new idea, we've had chatbots for decades, including Siri, Alexa, Olivia, and more. The level of performance in chat GPT 3.5, which is the latest version, is astounding. I've asked it questions like, what are the best practices for recruiting or how do you build a corporate training program? And it answered pretty well. Yes, the answers were quite elementary and somewhat incorrect, but with training, they will clearly get better. And I did the same thing. I've asked it a bunch of questions, got some really, um, I think, good good feedback. So ChatGPT3 was utilized by a program that we were using to actually write 
uh, summaries for us on some articles and that kind of stuff. And I would say it delivered what I would call a crappy first draft. This is a little better than a crappy first draft. You still have to read it, still have to proof it. But at the end of the days, it is a much higher quality, GPT 3.5. Anyway, he goes on and it has lots of other capabilities. It can answer historic questions. Who was the president in the U.S. in 1956? It can write code. Sachin Adala believes 80% of code will automatically be generated and it, it can write news articles, information summaries and more, which is what we used it for. I will say this, I had a problem with our website. I needed to recode some stuff. I was having a challenge and I gave ChatGPT the code and uh, it corrected it. It corrected it for me. I put it back in, it worked. So, um, you know, if you think about it, what it's done, it's consumed all of those sites where people asked questions and, you know, then, then other programmers came in and answered the questions and then stars would elevate the uh, correct answer to the top. It's consumed all that. So it has a pretty good idea how to write code for some uh, different languages. So uh, very interesting. Okay. Uh, one of the vendors I talked with last week, and it goes on, one of the vendors I talked with last week is using a derivative of, of GPT-3 to create automatic quizzes from courses and serve as a virtual teaching assistant. And that gets me to the potential use cases here. Uh, let's see, how can chat GPT and similar technologies be used? Before I get into the market, let me talk about why I believe this will be enormous. These systems are trained and educated by Corpus database of information they index. The GPT-3 system has been trained on the internet and some highly validated data sets, so it can answer a question about almost anything. That means it's kind of stupid in a, in a way because the internet is a jumble of marketing, self-promotion, news, and opinion. Honestly, I think we all have enough problems figuring out what is real. Try searching for health information on your latest affliction. It's frightening what you will find. The Google competitor to, chat to GPT-3, which is rumored to be Sparrow, was built with ethical rules from the start. According to my sources, it includes ideas like do not give financial advice and do not discuss race or discriminate and do not give medical advice. I don't know yet if GPT-3 has this level of ethics, but you... Uh, can bet that OpenAI, the company who's building this, and Microsoft, one of the biggest partners, is working on it. So interestingly, I did talk to a physician who talked about one of his physicians, because he was in a technology role, one of his physicians that uh, used ChatGPT to write a uh, referral complete with, um, uh, with citations, and it did. And it did so so effectively that it was submitted and uh, the referral was approved. So it gives you an idea of the power of this thing. Again, it's not smart per se, but it understands how words are used. It understands how to bring words together and write very coherent uh, thoughts around different things. Anyway, goes on. So what I'm implying is that while conversation and language is important, some very erudite people, I won't mention names, are actually kind of jerks. And that means that chatbots like ChatGPT need refined, deep content to really build industrial strength intelligence. It's okay if the chatbot works pretty well, if you're using it to get past writer's block, but if you really want it to work reliably, you want it to source valid, deep, and expansive domain data. I guess an example would be Elon Musk overhyped automatic driving software. 
I, for one, don't want to drive or even be on the road with a bunch of cars that are 99% safe. Even 99.9% .9 safe isn't enough. Ditto here. If the corpus of information is flawed and the algorithms aren't constantly checked or checking for reliability, this thing could be a disinformation machine. And one of the most senior AI engineers I know told me it's very likely that ChatGPT will be biased simply because of the data it tends to consume. All right, so uh, it's only as good as the data it consumes. It's consuming data from the internet. We know that data from the internet is all over the board. Uh, plus it also learns from the questions you ask. So uh, I did see a video of a person who thought they were being funny and they asked GPT to solve a math problem, a simple math problem. Let's just say a thousand plus five. And it came back with 1,005. And then it said, no, that's incorrect. Do you have a different answer? And it came back with a different answer than 1,005. Uh, and they played around with it some more. And again, they're training the machine to think 1,000 plus five is not 1,005. So anyway, uh, again, goes on. Imagine, for example, if the Russians used GPT-3 to build a chatbot about United States government policy and point it to the very conspiracy theory websites uh, uh, written, it seems to me that wouldn't be very hard to do. And if they put an American flag on it, many people would use it. So the source of information is important. AI engineers know this well, so they believe that more data is better. OpenAI CEO Sam Altman believes these systems will learn from invalid data as long as the data sets are large enough. While I understand that idea, I tend to believe the opposite. I believe the most valuable uses of OpenAI in business will be pointing this system at refined, smaller, validated, deep databases we trust. Uh, I'm gonna disagree with him here, but anyway, regardless, he's giving you an idea of how it works and how you train these kinds of things. Uh, it goes on, in the demos I've seen over the years, the most impressive solutions I've seen are those which focus on a single domain. Olivia, the AI chatbot developed by Paradox, is smart enough to screen, interview, and hire McDonald's employees with amazing effectiveness. There is a vendor who built a chatbot for bank compliance that operates as a chief compliance officer, and it works very well. Imagine, as I discuss in a podcast, if we built an AI that pointed to all our HR research and professional development, it would be a virtual Josh Burson and might even be smarter than I am. Uh, let's see, I saw a demo of a system last week that looked, that took existing courseware in software engineering and data science and automatically created quizzes, a virtual teaching assistant, courses online, and even learning objectives. The kind of work typically takes a lot of cognitive effort by instructional designers and subject matter experts. If we point the AI towards our content, we suddenly release it to the world at scale. And we as experts or designers can train it behind the scenes. And finally, imagine the hundreds of applications in business, recruiting, onboarding, sales training, manufacturing training, compliance training, leadership development, even personal and professional co coaching. If you focus the AI on the trusted domain of content, most companies have oodles of this. It can solve the expertise delivery problem at scale. <clears throat> All right, so where will this go to market? As with any new technology, the pioneers often end up with arrows in their backs. So while ChatGPT seems miraculous, 
we have to predict that innovators will advance, extend, and refine this quickly. I would be willing to be the most uh, bet that most VC firms are now writing blank checks to startups in this area, so there's plenty of competition to come. My gut feel is that companies like OpenAI and Microsoft will likely compete with many other players, Google, Oracle, Salesforce, ServiceNow, Workday, et cetera. So every major vendor will bulk up on AI and machine learning expertise. If Microsoft builds OpenAI APIs into Azure, then thousands of innovators will build domain-specific offerings, new products, and creative solutions on that platform. But it's too, still too early to tell, and my guess is that industry-specific and domain specific solutions will win out. Imagine the number of opportunity spaces out there to consider leadership development, fitness coaching, physio, uh, psychological counseling, technical training, customer service, and the list goes on and on. And that's why as early as this market remains, I still believe the opportunity is enormous. Uh, I liken this tech to the early days of mobile computing. And he goes on next paragraph. And I discussed this podcast, a lot of jobs will change. I just did an analysis of jobs immediately impacted by chat, GPT, editors, reporters, analysts, customer service agents, QA engineers, et cetera, and found that today with about 10.3 million jobs open, about 8%, 800,000 will be immediately impacted. These jobs won't go away, but they will be upgraded and enhanced by these systems over time. And I can confirm that. We actually replaced a writer on our staff with uh, a variation of chat GPT. Um, and so, yes, but not only that, there's programmers, right? Editors, reporters, analysts, customer service agents, QA engineers, and more than one person uh, expert that I've talked to about this are talking about programmers going away. The ability to talk to a machine in natural language and essentially have it kick out code that develops an application for you. Again, that's not gonna do away with a lot of the aspects of programming, but it does take us to a new level of, I don't know, customization of the code that we have. And um, I don't know, just a lot of stuff to think about, a lot of interesting things. I did a lot of reading in this because I thought the article was very good. I thought it was very uh, well-written, uh, explanatory on what ChatGPT is, gives you an idea of what its strengths are and its weaknesses are and some potential use cases. There is a reason why Microsoft has invested, uh, let's see, here's, here's an article. Microsoft invests billions more dollars in OpenAI. So uh, multi-year, multi-billion dollar investment. Doesn't have the exact number, bummer. But anyway, uh, so Microsoft was one of the original investors and then came back and really threw more money at it. Um, and they really do see it as their uh, competitor to Google and then some, quite frankly. So it is an interesting search, way of searching for things. It is also, I like his idea of uh, creating a bunch of Azure APIs to tap into ChatGPT 3.5. I think there is a lot of power in that and a lot of potential even in healthcare. That's all for today. If you know of someone that might benefit from our channel, you could do us a great favor and shoot them a note. Let them know that you are listening to the show and that they can subscribe wherever they listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, Stitcher. You get the picture, we're everywhere. And if you can't find us there, go ahead to our website, thisweekhealth.com. We want to thank our channel sponsors who are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders, SureTest and Artisite. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. Thanks for listening. 
That's all for now.